Hello and welcome to Kicking Balls, the podcast where two 20-something Americans give out a whole lot of opinions on soccer as if they're fact. Hello, we're back. It took a long time. We're back. (laughs) It took longer than we thought. So sorry. Definitely longer than we thought. Also funny because we've had a collective maybe five hours of zoom call from when we intended to start recording uh, this to right now like at 7 30 last night like we just got off so we got, we, got we had a phone we had a zoom call from about 7 30 to about 10 30 last night um did not record an episode or talk about soccer at all at all at all um and then we have since it is now 4 45 p.m We've been on this call since about 3.30. Yep. Um, not talking about soccer either. Not talking about soccer either. I think this but is the... we're talking about soccer now. Yes. Because we have a podcast in this thing. Otherwise. Yeah. So <laughs> we haven't recorded since before festive fixtures. Um, we all want to forget anyway. So maybe we should. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe, this is, this podcast all... is just going to be me and being sad. Shambles. Um. <laughs> But basically, as we said sort of in our last episode before this little brief hiatus, um, there also often tends to be a lot shifts over festive fixtures. Um, a lot of stuff changes. A lot of things happen. It tends to be you're in a very, things you're get in a very different place at the end of that than you are at the start of it. And as we said, that is in many ways correct um so stupid so we are not going to talk about specific sort of game by game um just because there's there's too there many games so there's many not games. really any point i don't even remember to that. all of the games and i watched a lot of soccer i just don't remember including one that you watched with me yeah but that was a forgettable game and i was hanging out with you so i feel like true <laughs> but we did we did watch a game live I've together. actually decided that watching games with you is bad. I think I've watched like two Premier League games with you in the past four years, and each time Arsenal has lost. Yeah, so. that is true. We should um, watch City play to get play, and then they'll okay. Lose. If you say so, I'm joking. Um, they'll probably win. Anyway, anyways, um, where do you want to start? Do you want to just kind of uh, the top or the bottom of the table? How do you want to do this? Let's start at the bottom. Beautiful. Poor Sheffield. <laughs> so interestingly enough, it is worth noting that we have reached the part of the season where we have teams with games in hand. Um, yeah, which I still haven't fully figured out, but that's fine. Well, one of them is because City played the Club World Cup. Yeah, that one I know, but why does Luton have the, is that against City? I think Luton's did Luton make up the game that they couldn't play because they're their oh, no, that's the, wasn't finished? that's the Brentford game, right? Isn't it Luton Brentford? That's the game. Yeah, they play at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So then, okay. yeah. So because okay, okay. it's Luton Brentford and then City Bournemouth. Bournemouth. Okay. Um. But anyway, we are now at the t- at the point in the season where that has happened and will likely continue to happen, where we'll have games made up and games missed, um, for various different teams. But that is is particularly relevant um especially at the bottom of the table uh in last in the relegation zone right now from 20th to 18th we have Sheffield Burnley and Luton Town um but as we've just mentioned Luton does have a game on hand uh on the team in 17th which is Everton um and yes. if Luton were to win their game in hand, they be in will front of Everton. would be in front of Everton. Um, Wait, can we Everton... also discuss, can we just say, to Everton's credit, they have a 10-point subtraction of points. If they had those 10 points back, they'd be doing, like... They would be in 12. They'd only be two points behind Chelsea. <laughs> yeah, they would be in so, 12 place Everton, if they had those 10 points. I don't know. I don't know, Everton, but just thought I would point that out. No, it that that's fair enough. Um... Interestingly enough, I- I've said this a couple times, and it was funny because I said it, and my dad didn't really believe me. And then he watched a game and was like, "You were right," and I was like, "That's so funny." I never am right, idiot. <laughs> I'm always right. Um, but don't insult like the one listener of this podcast. 
sorry, dad. Uh, um, the, what the thing that I had said was that Luton town, if you watch them look so much better yes. than you would expect, given their place in the table. I'd absolutely, um, I, I would have agreed with you on that, like easily. Cause they almost beat Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, Sheffield, they're, they're in trouble. They, they're, yeah, mm-mm. they're probably, they're in trouble. They're probably um, not going to let my preseason prediction happen, but whatever. I think is probably also not in a great spot, but I could very much see Luton town. I can see not that. getting relegated. I could, um, they're, they're the they one. Play... They're the, yeah. They're the one I think that I think could could keep up especially if they beat if they beat brentford in this in that game they're close that's they're close enough in the table i think they beat brentford in that game i think i think i think the thing is they've played a couple a handful not just arsenal other teams too city played some yeah city uh top teams very closely didn't make it an easy time of it and city came i believe was down and came back they were because they were also because we were saying that Luton, they were doing the same thing to Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. So, like, Luton gives some teams, if they can get a couple lucky breaks, or, like, a lucky break is all it would take, really. One sort of lucky bounce um, to beat some mid- or upper-table teams. And I think they definitely could be getting points on teams that are closer to them in the table. We're just going to have to see how it goes. But I could imagine things going I can imagine them getting on a bit of a run and and things going reasonably well for them um Everton we kind of touched on Everton are playing they're actually not playing that badly decently well like we said if they hadn't been deducted 10 points they would be in 12th place so I think that's important context to keep in mind when you're discussing the state of Everton they've also Um, lost three games in a row so yeah, well, they were looking. They were looking good better, and then I don't know why. And then were, they've, they've, well, they've lost yeah. to Spurs, City, and Wolves. All right, well, then so, that's not that bad. Everton, yeah. all the Everton fans who listen, but they like they beat Chelsea, they beat Burnley. You know, like it's, yeah, they they'll, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, with Everton, Brentford, I have little to say about. They've lost all five of their games though their last five games uh nottingham forest i have they've been looking good actually look yeah they can be with any team it's nottingham forest i'm telling you this guys their mascot is a tree why wouldn't you be a fan of them they did beat in their last couple of games uh they did beat both nottingham forest and manchester united Um, nottingham forest can't beat Nottingham. newcastle they bet newcastle and (laughs) i'm looking at nottingham forest results they yeah, beat yeah, both Newcastle you. and Manchester United. So that's a really good string of results for a team um, in 15th. Woo. So if they can, you know, much like Luton, if they can get results against teams that are closer to them in the table, I, I could see them finishing mid-table. I, I'm um, not, not the bust on Nottingham Forest, but how many points did they have last season? Because they already have 20 points. Well, they didn't yeah. get relegated. So What? No, I know. But don't you remember it was super close last year? Are you looking it up? No, I can. Oh, I thought you were. I was waiting for you to tell me. I thought you were going to tell me. Um, I, I can. While we wait I for Rachel to look that up, sorry. Um, Crystal Palace is in 14th. Fulham in 13th. Uh, Bournemouth in 12th. Um, Bournemouth in 12th with a game in hand. And if they won their game in hand, they would have the same amount of points. Oh, they had 38 points goals. last year. Total. All right. Well, then they're they're really on track. They're doing good. Yeah. Okay. Um. If Bournemouth wins their game in hand, they're on the same amount of points as both Chelsea and Wolves, who are the next two teams above them. But honestly, when did Newcastle get down to ninth? Newcastle have had a bad. Run oh yeah, they have had recently. A, honestly, better uh, than worse than Arsenal. If that could even be possible, they've had a pretty a pretty drastic turnaround. Um, in the sense that they, since they basically, are really, well, they lost to Spurs, they beat Fulham, and then they lost to Luton, 
They lost yeah. to Nottingham Forest, and then they lost to Liverpool. Now, there's no shame in losing to Liverpool. The Liverpool one is not the losing. one that's worrisome. You should not be losing to Luton. You should not be losing to Nottingham Forest. Um, they lost to Everton. Um, yeah, not great. They lost to Bournemouth. Not great. Like, if you can beat Arsenal, and I, they beat City as well. Like, if you beat Arsenal and you beat yeah. City, like, you can't be winning those they're, games they're, they're and then doing, they're doing what arsenal nottingham forest they're doing what arsenal and this is okay granted like arsenal's in a slump right now but they're doing what arsenal used to do like two years ago which was like for some reason beat the really good teams but then be unable to actually win against like the teams where they should be racking up points mm-hmm. is what it feels like to me yeah like i think and i do think like yeah like i don't know they they seemed at the beginning of the year like they were going to be a contender, but they really fell off quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and that brings us to Manchester United. Yes, it does. Oh, Manchester United. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Just... Manchester United lost to Nottingham Forest. They lost to West Ham recently. They lost to they lost three nothing to Bournemouth in early December. Like I don't know every, what they got find, going on. I find over it there. funny. Like every time they do something good, and everyone's like, "Oh my god!" Like everything's fixed. Like United, it's gonna be all fine. And then like they like just keep fucking it up. Holland has scored his first Premier League goal. I was happy. I was I finally I was happy for him in that. Um, I gotta feel something for for the Danish. But yeah. So there's that. Um that's about the only positive I can give to Manchester United right now. They got rid of Jaden Sancho, who I didn't realize was even still on their team. Jaden Sancho, yeah, Jaden Sancho has left. We will talk about a little bit of transfer movement um in a moment or two. But yeah, um they're in Manchester United is in eighth. Um they are the highest team with a negative goal differential oh i didn't Um, notice that they are the only team in the top half of the table with a negative goal differential even possible what did they do who did they lose to by so many goals even chelsea has a three point positive one man you are at negative five bruh um they lost well two nothing three nothing they just haven't been scoring goals yeah one nothing loss three nothing loss yes nothing loss they oh yeah it's not a lot of their goals are like they are wins are like one one goal wins and yeah that's just not great for manchester united um (laughs) i mean i I don't. I'm not here to feel sorry for them, but no, I it's you not won't great. catch me here and start feeling sorry for them. But I, just I will think that's say funny. an anecdote of Manchester United. Who are they playing? Oh, they're playing Aston Villa, and obviously, like for Arsenal, at whatever point this was happening, it maybe would have made sense to root for Man United, right? But like mm-hmm. on principle, I'm like to my mom, you can't root for Man United. And she's like, whatever, like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, you can. Like, I don't want Aston Villa. Like, we need Arsenal to do better. And I'm very happy to say my brother actually did side with me on this and say, like, out of principle, rooting for Man United, like, can't be allowed. Like, it would be fine if they won, but I'm not going to be actively rooting for them. Um, Right. Yeah. That's how I feel about, like, literally most everyone. Yeah. Like, out of principle, I will never root for Liverpool. I will never root for... I actually will never even be ambivalent. Even if it helps me, I will always root for Manchester United to lose. Um, yeah, yeah. Even if it is helpful for me, I will always actively root against them. But like for Liverpool, for Spurs, even for Arsenal, like out of principle, I can never cheer for them. Yeah, yeah. I may, yeah, exactly. I may not root, root against them if it favors me for them to win, but I will not, I will never cheer for them out of principle. Can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Um. It's just not allowed. You're just not. Well, allowed. I agree. I completely agree. And uh, I don't. Anyway, Boo United. Anyway, um, now if City and United were playing each other, 
I don't know what I would do. But sometimes you just recuse yourself. Yeah, sometimes you're just like, can this be a good game of football? And like, at least yeah, then I can be entertained, even if I like can't root root for anyone, you know? Or sometimes you're like, I hope they have a zero zero tie, so that nobody gets points. That too. It could be a three three tie, and at least it's an entertaining game, and then no one gets any points. Sure. Anyway, um, moving on from United seventh place, we have Brighton, um, who have been up and down this year honestly um, i feel like they might feel relatively good to be in seventh only because i feel like they've had they had they started off very well yeah they had a bit of a rough patch they've had a bit of a but then you know i, I wouldn't say they've had a string of particularly good results recently i think their december games I feel like they tied a, a decent few. number of draws yeah um but you know, we're here. Go- okay, I like Brighton, so. Me too. I'm fine with them. I'll move. I'll, I'll leave that there. Although I believe it is Matoma who recently picked up an injury. Oh, um, that's not good. Which is not great for Brighton, as he is one of one of their top guys. Um, West Ham, even without Declan Rice, is sitting pretty nicely in sixth place. Yeah. Um, A little of a slow start for West Ham, I think, this year, but they've gotten some good results recently. Um, they got thrashed by Fulham, but since then, in early December, but since then, they've had a string of of pretty decent results. Uh, beat Wolves, beat Man United, beat Arsenal, um, and then they just tied Brighton. Um, so a, a decent string of results for West Ham. Yeah. Yeah. Which takes us into our European spots. Um, currently in fifth. Um, it's also I think worth noting that from the European spots to the non-European spots, so between fifth and sixth, there is a bit of a gap. Um, there's a bit of a points gap between yeah. the top five. The top five are quite quite close, close. together. Yeah. Um, and and the middle of the pack is is quite close it's together close. as well. From about yeah. from about thirteenth to a honestly to seventh is is not yeah is it's a, not that it's a far. 10 point gap from it's there about there. a time when you're starting and, to see like groups coalesce together that you're like oh, yeah and so the space, top group could end up in any of those kind of the top group has has it's not a big it's five points between fifth and sixth so it's not a huge gap or anything but it is starting that gap is starting to appear and i would not be surprised if we saw that gap continue to grow yeah between the yeah. top five teams um and everyone else but uh tottenham is currently the team in that gap uh in that fifth place position i am not really sure what's happening with spurs well they're winning some games but i think that they've been really hurt by injury and i just think that they like i don't know spurs are the only team in the premier league as of this moment in time that have bought brought in anybody notable um in the january window and we'll talk about that in a moment but yeah we'll circle back to that but they are the only team who've been making moves um i have said it before and i will say it again i'm a spurs hater but i do like pasta um yes I mean, so, I can't on principle even say that I like him, but I understand what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, like, yeah, on principle, you can't say it. I can. I don't like Spurs. I don't want them to do well. I will never root for them, but I do like Ange Postagoglu. Um, So I'll be interested to see what happens with Spurs. And I'll talk about that a little bit more when we talk about their signing because I'm a little interested to see. What's it's a, it's there. an, it's a, um, uh, it gets the mind thinking the signing i think the I wheels think. are turning a little bit the um wheels are turning and i'll be interested but um <laughs> that brings us to fourth place um and rachel's very own arsenal um, i don't know if they're my own i don't know if i want to take ownership over them right now in in a little bit of a a little bit of a rough patch um here's the thing 
here's the thing. And by rough patch, I mean three games winless. Yeah. Here's the thing. But also four out of five of their last five, they haven't won. So also not great. They won. They like got like one point out of a possible like 12 or something from the festive fixtures. Like that's pretty shit. That can't be a correct math, but you know what I mean? They got one point from nine. Here's, yeah, okay. So still pretty bad. Um, Here's my, oh, let's not panic opinion. And then I can give you my, oh, let's panic opinion. How about that? Okay. I'm not in the let's panic mode. I just don't have the energy. I'm just like, whatever. But my not panic thing is, this usually happens to Arsenal in March. Mm-hmm. Okay. The past like two years, it's happened in March. Two years ago, it made us not make the top four. And a year ago, that slump made us not win the Premier League. Okay. That's fine. I'm not a huge fan of this slump here. However, I would take it here and I instead of taking it in March, if, if we, if the slump is done and we can like fix it in the next game, you know what I mean? If it's a prolonged slump, then I don't care. Then we're fucked. Then I'm on the panic side, but I'm going to make, I can't hold it in. I wasn't going to make the mean joke, but I'm going to make the mean joke. Cause I mean, don't make it, no. Um, no, you know what happened, Rachel? Do you know what happened? To Arsenal, I'll tell you what happened. Arsenal's daddy started warming up from injury, and they freaked out. Kevin De Bruyne, they heard, they saw the shadow of Kevin De Bruyne, and they shot their pants. Oh, I just don't think that that has anything to do with it. Like, realistically, the timing is funny, though. The timing of it is funny. I'm not not amused. I'm laughing. I'm gonna turn this off and not send you the recording, (laughs) and this podcast will never see the light of day if you keep being mean to me. I made my me comment. Continue. I'm not going to apologize. It's a funny joke. I don't like you. I hate you. I know. You keep that in the podcast so everyone knows. I will. Good. This podcast is done out of hate for each other. No, I'm just joking. I love you. Um, but anyway, I think that if Arsenal can... We, have, we don't play this weekend. I still haven't fully figured out why. Someone has an answer, someone should tell me, but I don't know why we don't play. That being said, if we can come back from this little bit of a break, we also, FYI, lost to Liverpool in the FA Cup. So we just lost to Liverpool, or we tied. I don't know what we did to Liverpool. You lost. That isn't great either. No, no, no. We tied them in the league and we lost to them in the FA Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. You lost in the FA Cup. Um, If we can come back, kind of like, back on a roll i will feel like okay whatever we're gonna get our business done fine not being like we're gonna win the premier league i just don't think you can say that right now in january but like i'll feel a little bit more confident that like okay we're doing what i need to do if we don't and the same problems keep coming then i'm turning into the pessimistic panic mode which is the other thought on this currently which is though i'm not fully sure if this is true but it's how i feel Something seems broken, and I don't know fully what it is. I have a question to pose to you. Does Arsenal have a striker problem? So this, thank you, leading question to what I was about to, I don't know. Okay, so this might be getting into, here's the thing. A lot of people are like, Arsenal need to go get a striker in this January transfer window. Right, which is why I asked, because that's been what's which I'm going like, around. The options, like, I'm like, are the options good enough for us to feel like we need to? Because in my opinion, the I only name know, I've don't... heard, the only name I've heard floated that I think has any potential merit is Ivan Tony. Yeah, and I don't want him. I don't want him on, like, principle. Here's my two cents. <laughs> like, like if I my two cents that, is then maybe, but I like don't really. Well, not on Tony, just in on the the striker issue. My two cents, um, from an outsider perspective, is I think 
many people have perhaps yet to come to terms with the fact that by and large 30 40 50 goal a year strikers do not exist in the modern game yeah there are players who do it but very few very few of them yeah and i don't think that that is like i don't think that's arsenal's issue currently no well here's the thing not a lot of players have an out and out like classic number nine anymore or not a lot of teams have that type of player because that player is not as valuable in the modern game in 2024 as it has been in the past because the game has evolved away from i feel very strongly that the game has evolved away from dedicated positions in many ways and that the best players in the modern game are more versatile players that can play in a multitude of different positions within yeah a subset of the field Mm -hmm. um and or who serve multiple purposes and can fill maybe they only play one position but they serve multiple roles within that position yeah and i think under the age of 25 like Erling Holland is the only one. And you yeah. can say Killian Mbappe, yes, Killian Mbappe put puts up that kind of goal numbers, but he's, but not, a, he's, he's not, not a true number 9 no, in that way. He doesn't yeah. play the same position that Erling Holland does. No. And I think Erling Holland is I the only exception I think is like Evan Ferguson. I think is a is not at that level, but I think he is that type of player. Yeah, Um, Like there's not very many of that type of player anymore. And so when I think people are like, oh, Arsenal needs to go get a striker. Like, who are they going to get? Like there there is no striker. I also, I also, here's the thing. That's yes. And I think the problem is, is I think that we're circling in on that as like, oh, that would be the easy fix. Let's just go get a striker and everything will be completely fine. But that's not, I don't think think that's our issue. Much like many teams, many teams no longer rely on a single player to score all of their goals. There was a time in the not-so-distant past where most teams had one guy who scored the vast majority of their goals. Goals are much more evenly distributed across players. In most yeah. teams. Yeah. And you can see that from Arsenal last year. That's what happened. The, and, and with the exception of last year, that's always true for City. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. I, I, as an Arsenal fan, am more concerned about the low productivity of, let's say, Saka and Odegaard than I am of Gabriel Jesus. Right. I'm saying I don't think Gabriel Jesus is putting up significantly fewer numbers than he ever has right. in his career. Exactly. The problem is the other the guys who supplement those numbers aren't Saka, there. Odegaard, Martinelli, yeah. those other guys exactly. aren't supplementing the numbers. Yeah. And so that is where the goal issue is is from the guys who usually supplement the numbers because you don't have a 40 a 30 goal goal a year striker. Yeah. And very few people do. Yeah. Um, because you don't have that, you usually have enough other people scoring goals, and those other people aren't scoring goals. Yeah. And, and that's I think that of, is where the problem is. I mean, that's what I think, too. And I mean, I think that when you're watching Arsenal, it's like, why? They're, they're not being productive in the final third, right? They're not. They're being wasteful yeah. in the final third. Yeah. And I and I think this showed for me in uh maybe it was the FA Cup against Liverpool. Whichever game, it must have been that game. Kai Havertz played out of the middle. Mm-hmm. Which actually I don't hate the idea of having him do that. I don't think he had a great game against Liverpool, but like strategy-wise, I don't know if that was a terrible idea. It's better than playing him on the wing. And I think it's better than playing him in the midfield because he can get higher up the field. But 
it didn't really matter how much he was in the middle of the box and how tall he was. He wasn't getting the ball. And to me, that's more worrisome. If you're not able to get someone the ball, then like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he squandered a couple of chances, but okay. But my point being is like, we've tried a couple of different people up there and it hasn't changed the problem. The I problem is of another player is going to change the issue of how Arsenal is playing and how our wingers are just less productive than for they better last year. for better or for worse. My opinion is the vast majority of the time, if you are having a chance conversion problem, the best way to solve that is make more chances. Yeah, I would. Like, yes, you should improve your chance conversion. Yes, you should yeah. do that. But the fastest solution to that is create more chances. Yeah. Raheem Sterling scored a fuck ton of goals at Manchester City. Because he had a bajillion chances. Yeah, he just, he just, His chance conversion was absolute ass. Yeah. But he had so a that's great what, number of chances. That's what other problems so Arsenal, like Arsenal tries to make it look perfect every single time. Kick the fucking ball at the goal. I don't really care if like it doesn't go in. But it's definitely not going to go in if you try and pass the ball and it gets intercepted. Because you're passing it into like the tightest of corners in the box, you know? I think mm-hmm. that we need to be, I think we're searching. I feel bad for Saka. I think he does get fouled a lot, but I think he goes searching for contact. I think he needs to just play. I think Saka is having a rough year. I think and I think he's a great comes, player and he's having a rough year. I also and don't think it's he's compounding not played issues. a game. Like, I think the other problem is he's what, 22? He hasn't not played a game in like three years. Like, I swear to you, he plays in yeah, every Yeah, no, game. he's having, he's whether it's having... fatigue or and exhaustion or mental exhaustion or physical fatigue be, or whatever it is probably a combination of all of those he's just not having the year he had last year he's not and that's he's 22 and that happens it happens it happens and no, the I'm, problem arsenal's having is that he's not the only one who's not yeah. ha- playing to the best of their ability yeah yeah um and i will say and i know a lot of other people are getting screwed by this but we are also Tomiyasu leaving for the Asian Cup is like fucking us, I think, in my opinion, because I don't think Zinchenko should be starting in, in Arsenal's back line. So All right. it'll be it'll be interesting to see. But I know that Liverpool is getting screwed too. So that's not enough. Shall we shall we leave Arsenal there and Yeah, let's leave that long since the we moral are of the story, on... everyone. Next time we record, I may or may not be less or more pessimistic. But We're going to move along. Uh, third place, Manchester City is in currently, my Manchester City is currently in uh, third boys, right now. Have, um, you, have you taken possession of them? My Sorry. boys. They're my boys. Yeah, they're my boys. Okay. Um, my very own city is in third. They are uh, with a game in hand um, on everyone else in the top five. Um, Boo. They have a game in hand because they left to play the Club World Cup, which they won. Um, Boo. And... I'm not sure. Sort of on the note, I don't have a lot to say about, I don't have anywhere near as much to say about, about City, but um, a, a couple of things. City do seem to be finding their stride. They have found um, they, in a first half of the year where they haven't, they've definitely had some dips. Um, they were, I think, in many ways fortunate that the other teams in the top group also have not had, you know, super dominant performances over the course of the season which allowed for it to stay close enough that now city is finding form again um things could and may get very interesting um particularly exciting given uh kevin de bruyne has uh played again uh he was back i believe the last time we recorded he had just returned to training and we didn't know when he would appear again um he made an appearance off on the bench in the last uh, Premier League game, but didn't play. And then he came off of the bench in this past week's um, FA Cup third round game against Huddersfield Town. Um, It took him 18 minutes to get another assist. Um, So he does not, um, even outside of what it means for, you know, Manchester City to have him back, I am finding it, I, I really... Kevin De Bruyne has been one of, if not my favorite player for several years now, um, for quite some time, basically since he joined City. Um, And I 
he's had a rough couple of months um but i think it's vi- it, to me it seems as though it has very clearly been very good for him um he's had a little bit of you know he he basically was like pushing his body to the absolute maximum um all of last year and for the years prior to that and he is one of those players who has been very vocal about players having too many games um and so i think in many ways it's a blessing in disguise that he had an injury where he needed to take some time off um but he doesn't he looks happy he looks ready to be there he looks ready to contribute obviously he has an assist um injury wise doku is also back he scored the goal that uh de bruyne assisted um and i think what is particularly promising to me um or what i find very nice is that it has been made fairly clear by both De Bruyne and Pep and various people inside the club that we should not expect Kevin De Bruyne to be pulling 90-minute games anytime soon. That he will play where he needs to play and he'll play bits and pieces there here and there, but we shouldn't expect him to be playing 90 minutes um, in the next you know yeah. couple of weeks, which yeah. I find very reassuring because sure. I would much rather him have him in the clutch moments deep in competitions or when it's neck and neck at the end of the premier league, I'd rather have him fit and healthy and ready to contribute in 90 minutes there than try to plug him in, you know, 90 minutes against Huddersfield town. Like when we just don't need that, especially given the performances that Phil Foden has been giving from the midfield um, in the past month or so. Mm -hmm. I have always said that that's where I wanted him to play. And a lot of people pushed back on it and they will never hear this. They will never know that I called them out on it, but I am calling out the city report podcast for being fucking hypocrites because I have a very distinct memory of approximately a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, they had a discussion on their podcast and I was listening to it was on a long drive to work for work. (laughs) And they were complaint. I, I distinct, I was driving west towards west. the Bonneville salt flats um in in Utah and it, which is literally there's nothing on that road so I was listening to it and they were talking about how they didn't like Phil Foden in the midfield because he is he doesn't have enough control to play in the midfield of of that and I like obviously I can't argue with them it's a podcast but I was like arguing with them you know by myself in the car um like I was like you're wrong like you know whatever now in the last several episodes they've been talking about how good he is in the midfield oh da, 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 da. So you should call them up and be like yo fucking hypocrites i know what you said they could own it their, they could own that shit you can change your mind but own the shit that you've changed your mind um anyway side point that's an aside um but yes it's been very lovely to see him performing very well and i think it is very nice specifically because it means that we don't need to rush Kevin De Bruyne back um that he can sort of have these sort of shorter cameos and nobody is uncomfortable with that fact and we don't need him to do more than what is the safest thing for him to be doing yeah so I'm I'm delighted to have him back Doku being back is great I think we talked about it a little bit before I don't remember if it was on air or not but that um not having Doku is easily the most sort of electric player on city's roster and so Mm -hmm. not having that option whether it be from the start or off the bench not having that threat off the bench um definitely took its toll a little bit um unfortunately stones is picked up an injury again he is having the really bad luck of essentially where he keeps picking up like three week injuries um where like he'll play two games and then he'll be and then out he three weeks. again yeah yeah it's it's been a very unfortunate season for him in that nothing has been like it's there there haven't been any like real serious injuries right like it's not been like he's blown something out or he's torn something yeah. or he's broken something but it's like and it's not been the same thing over and over again. Like it's been a hamstring, it's been an ankle, it's been, you know, it's been different things. Right. It just seems like really bad luck, honestly. Like he keeps getting these smaller three, four week injuries that like basically every third game he plays, he gets hurt, which is like 
really unfortunate um but yeah. he's out again for a little while but everyone else is is either back or sh- soon to be back to um holland has been out injured for about a month um but looks close to being back um though he is not back officially yet i i don't think he's too far away um but some some youngsters from city's roster have been showing well oscar bob has been getting a decent amount of playing time and doing some good work with it um Michael Hamilton has been getting a couple. We had another debut in the FA Cup um this week um of like a City Academy kid. So um some 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 good opportunities to get some rotation in there. Um I'll be interested to see, you know, interestingly enough, City have three new signings and and I just smack talk them, but the City Report podcast said this as well, <laughs> but that we've kind of this is a, this is a good point that they made that usually when city brings in people pep doesn't play them a ton in their first year because they're learning the system and they're doing this but the circumstances of some players leaving that were unexpected cole palmer uh i think there was a lot of hope that um either mares and or gunduan would both one or both of them would stay there was a lot of optimism of that obviously both of them left but i think and also with the de bruyne injury and you know, other niggling injuries of various different people in and out of the thing. City's new sign- signings, Kovacic, uh, particularly Kovacic, who was signed to be Gundogan's backup. Um, yeah. but like Kovacic, Nunez, Vardiol have perhaps played a lot more um, mm-hmm. than they otherwise would. And I think I have been, I have not been particular. I think there are the bones of it are there, but I've not been particularly impressed with Nunes personally. I just, but I also always reserve my judgment on a player during their first year at city. Sure. Um, Yeah. 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 Because that's, yeah, we've talked about that a number of times before. And so I am not making judgments on him, but I do think that with the De Bruyne injury and, you know, Rodri and, and, coming in and out and and where is Phil Foden going to play and blah 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 blah. all the stuff going on means that Nunez has seen more minutes than I think he probably would have otherwise yeah um which I don't think is you know fair unfair I don't put it like that but um just an interesting thing to think about I think yeah um especially when Kovacic is also you know an older ish you know he's old but he's an older player and yeah really did come in to be sort of the relief for a player who ultimately ended up leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so sort of ended up having to serve a role that was not the intended purpose of his signing. Um, and I think Vardial has been great. I have, I have no complaints about that, but he is still only what, 23, 22. Yeah. Um, so quite a lot uh, to learn there. Um, Doku, I think has been great, has settled in a lot better than a lot of other players do. Um, but mm-hmm. we'll see how things unravel there, but Ultimately, I, I, things are are definitely on the upswing um, for yeah. City. They are finding their footing, finding that gear a little bit, which is not unusual. They usually are. They've been historically the last, you know, several years, a second half of the season team. It's not unusual for them. Um, one thing you mentioned it as uh, an unfortunate advantage, disadvantage for you and then also Liverpool. But um, City are not losing a single player to either the Asian cup or the African. Yeah. And that, that honestly could end up. And that could be a really big factor. Yeah. That could be a very big factor. And that's, you know, unfortunate that that is the case. Like, I don't like one of those things that it's just definitely screwed. Like like it's just bad. It's just kind of like the luck of the draw kind of thing. Like it just happens to be that way. Um, I just think it just, they, I think it has, I would assume that someone has discussed trying to change the scheduling and I feel like yeah, they should I would try think, and figure but... out how to change the scheduling because it's 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 really I think it's it's hard to figure out how on earth this like yeah I think not, it's, it's not becoming like increasingly clear like the it's women's becoming... world cup happens at the same time as the NWSL but it doesn't happen at that like end Australian league but all the leagues in Europe it doesn't hit for the women right but this happens right like but i think the, the right i think God. it's become increasingly clear that the european season is built around when european internationals play yeah um and 
American and South American international teams appear North American and South North Central South American teams tend to also play on the same schedules as Europeans as yeah. European internationals do yeah. um whereas Asia and Africa plays longer, maybe yeah so Asia and Africa plays sort of at the opposite international yeah. schedule they could have to do with the and, seasons but i don't know how that, yeah it could i don't know well it, you would but think also south you're american like maybe really sense, but, but south american yeah it doesn't yeah it, it just I, it just the case is is like that is the case whatever right? the case may be that's what it is and so and i also don't think that we should be like even though i was just being like oh it's so annoying i don't think we should be t- saying to both asia and like the african like football federations that they should be changing their schedule because of the european club season like that's not i don't think that that should happen but i i will be curious to see if there are any changes either to these international cups or to the premier league or other european league structuring as an increasing number of asian and i mean there have been a number of african players in europe for for quite some for time quite but a while asian players it's there's been definitely an uptick of asian players in the past several years yeah. so i'll be interested to see if anything comes of it yeah. um because particularly because there's a number of quite high level high profile both african and asian players in the premier league um nowadays and so yeah. i will I'll be interested to see if anything comes of it, but I think there's definitely a point to be made that this is a definitely an advantage for City to yes. not be losing any players yeah. um, to those competitions. Um, yeah. It, it, yeah, there's no way around it. It is an advantage. I'm not going to complain about it. It's good No, but me, it, it is. But it's, and it is like definitely too, an advantage. That, like, there is then an uneven there is then an uneven advantage. there is there's an imbalance for sure there is an imbalance for sure, for and sure, like sure. there's no solution there's nothing it can't be changed but it that is just it's worth fact. noting and it's worth noting um worth noting let's chop chop um aston next? villa um is in second place right now worth noting they are within striking distance of city's game in hand uh it's a two-point gap between them and then city and arsenal have the same number or tied points. it's um, super tight i yeah it's super it's... tight at the top um and then uh liverpool um i don't have much to aston villa continues to be you know doing good stuff um getting good results the only thing i'll um, say about liverpool not just because arsenal has played them twice but they have but um i get annoyed by the and you'll appreciate this probably i get annoyed with how the announcers talk about jen alexander arnold <laughs> <laughs> oh girl you are preaching to the choir like, I, like, yeah like whatever i get it but it's like he's like like i don't know they like, talk about him like he's the fucking second coming it's yeah, ridiculous he really does i'm like is he that good like no he's good he's got better i he's still good? a liability defensively and you will never convince me otherwise like do you like him because he goes forward and does things offensively i think but i don't think he did anything fantastically on defense that made me be he like, doesn't oh, he's whoa, a liability defensively so good anyway that's all i have to say about anyway me. um liverpool i think have uh, have looked quite good recently um have had a, a number of good results definitely seem to be hitting their stride we will see how they are impacted by the African Cup of Nations and the the Asian Cup. Um, and also, speaking of Trent Alexander Arnold, he did pick up an injury recently, yeah, and they are expecting few, him out for about a month. A month, I believe, yeah. um, was what I heard. So yeah, that's what that coinciding with these international cups is like also that's not, not great for um for yeah. Liverpool. But we'll see. That's all I I will say though. That's the kind of shit that would like fire Klopp up. Yeah. So I don't know if it'll make any difference. I don't know that it will matter, but they definitely have. While they've been on a hot streak, the the pieces are in the right place for them to have a little dip. But I'm yeah. not. I'm not sure. We can hope. I don't know. They Maybe. will. I don't know. We'll see. Um. But yeah, that's the state of the Premier League right now. Um.
Do you want to very quickly um, discuss the transfer window that's Yeah, so really quickly, uh, Jaden Sancho has been loaned back for Manchester United to Dortmund, um, where he came from originally. It is not a sell. Um, there is not a sell, a mandatory buy clause or anything in that, yeah. as far as I'm aware. Um, but he is back at at Dortmund. I think that's the best move for everybody involved. Ten Hag clearly has beef with yeah. Sancho. Sancho's clearly unhappy at Manchester United. Was clearly happy at Dortmund. Played very well at Dortmund. I think it could be a could, bonus for Dortmund. It could forward. be a good thing for Dortmund as well. I don't have. I think that's probably best for everybody involved. I think if he does go back to Dortmund and play well at Dortmund, I have no faith in Manchester United as an organization, but I would hope that that would result in an, in a sell to Dortmund. I hope. I hope um, and but... not of them trying to bring him back and make him work at United again. I think, yeah. I think clearly that is just not the fit for Jaden Sancho for yeah. a number of reasons. And they, everybody just needs to let that relationship go. Um, yes. Speaking of the Bundesliga, um, Timo Werner is on his way back to the Premier League, uh, this time to Tottenham. I'm really intrigued um, about how this is going to work, but I think it has a lot of potential because I have always said Timo Werner did not work at Chelsea. And, and I've said it at the no, time and I said yeah. it when they got when he got there. I said it when he wasn't working and I said it when he left. Timo Werner plays most effectively in a two-striker system. Yep. I think Spurs have the personnel to play a very effective two-striker system. Yeah. If it is Spur, if it is Werner and Son in a two-striker system, I think that could work. And I, I, yeah, as much as I don't want to say that anything will ever work at Spurs, it could work. It could. If that is what Postacoglu is trying to do with this signing, I think he might be onto something. We'll have to see if A, that's what he actually does, and B, if it does work. But I see the vision. I see the potential vision there, and I'll be very interested to see if it works out. Yes, I do. And I'm not going to lie. I will laugh really hard if it works, just because of how funny it would be for him to have been a flop at Chelsea and then really succeed elsewhere in the Premier League. So that the the guys at Chelsea that were like, no, 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 he's just not good enough for the Premier League. We could be like, that you are the problem. <laughs> well, I think that and also, think yeah, that Chelsea, yeah. Really funny. So, um, yeah. That's the only really big men's transfer news. There have been quite some headlines in the women's game. Yes. And we're um, gonna one, just, yes. Christy Mewis went to, I'm going to, we're going to quick fire these out because we, we have places to be, but Christy Mewis to West Ham, um, what is love? That is what a love, is love? match what because love I don't know why anyone want to be at West Ham, but she wants to be in London to be with her fiance, Sam Kerr. Speaking of Sam Kerr, RIP, we're very sad. Sam Kerr has torn her ACL. Um, the latest in a long line of elite players. All of them. Really particularly devastating given that um, I think a lot of Chelsea fans had been really hoping for a really big send-off um, of Emma Hayes. Yeah. Um, and Sam Kerr. And it's hard to imagine things going to plan without Sam Kerr. That being said, it's not that Chelsea don't have other options up up front. Uh, Chelsea's other options up front, ironically, are two Americans, um, Mia Fischel and Katarina Macario. Katarina Fischel Macar- has been back for a while. Yeah. Macario is just returning from an just ACL injury. Yeah. But she is back now. She has been training. It could so, be her, I, I, um, I think. Granted, it could I need to be, see her play a couple of times. It could be her breakout of like what we all know she can do. It could be her time to shine in the spring. It could yes, be. Yes, we will very much see how everything with that plays out. Very sad for Sam. I'm but I, I, I texted it to Rachel. I said, at least Chrissy's in London. <laughs> like Yeah, I mean, um, like, I guess that's good. Yeah, it's it's again, it's just another it's it's becoming too constant and too consistent for us not. Yeah. to really start same we've discussed the acl thing before all of that continues to be true um moving on uh emily fox american outside back Ooh, to arsenal we have discussed we thought it was going to be naomi gurma um but 
Uh, it wasn't, at least so far. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if she'll go to Arsenal. I wouldn't be surprised if she goes to England. Neither would I. But we'll see how things play out. Um, Moving across the pond in that vein, uh, some really big movement in the NWSL. Gotham. Gotham. Uh, Kristen Mewis left Gotham, and then they brought in uh, Crystal Dunn, Rose Lavelle, and Emily uh, Sonnet. Uh, which My are three really heavy hitters. I have um, this question for you, and I, I don't remember the thing. What I was wondering is like, how on earth do, can they afford? Is that allowed? Is that like we don't? I mean, I, I, don't, I, I mean, rules... it's allowed. It's allowed, but then I, I think, and I don't know. So like, whatever. But it made me start thinking a little bit about like the NWSL, like financial. So I don't know a just, ton like, about the, finan- the financial know. rules of the yeah. NWSL. I won't lie, but Christy Mewis was definitely a big money player yeah, so they um, that they offloaded um and then they off they also moved along a couple of other other people okay so um makes, you know so they a couple of other people so but it it is definitely very very big to have brought in i mean if you think like sonnet and and roosevelt were both playing for the same team megan rapino was also on that team so yeah. it's not like having three players of that caliber on the same team is unprecedented or anything no, no, like no, that. No. Yeah, it is yeah. just definitely, you know, it was, it's big money moves. It's big money moves. more of the like, oh, you have 100%. It's big money yeah. moves. Um, Gotham is fresh off a championship and they are not letting that time go to waste. Oh. Um, their, their general manager seems to really be on her, on on her game. So yeah. No, no, no. It's, it's good to see. I, was, I just wasn't sure we knew more about how that works. I don't know. But um that's okay i won't last little last little note um about the nwsl we knew already that barcelona's uh longtime coach was leaving barcelona we had speculated that it was for an american job and we had speculated that it possibly was for the washington spirit so Um, we're right that has since been confirmed uh he is going to join the washington spirit much like Emma Hayes and the U.S. Women's National Team um, leaving at the end of Barcelona's season. Yeah. That is after the NWSL That's season what... starts. Yeah. So very similar to the Emma Hayes yeah. situation. But to be honest, when you are bringing, when you are talking about coaches of this level, sometimes you make sacrifices. Um, I will be very interested to see how he does in the NWSL. I will be very interested to see what he does with this roster that most notably includes Trinity Rodman. Mm-hmm. Um, Barcelona under him have played, I said it before and I'll say it again, the closest thing to Pep Guardiola's Barcelona that, you know, I Anyone think has Art played. Is played in the the game. So I will be curious whether he implements a similar style um at the spirit or if he adapts or what happens i don't know it might even get me to watch some more nwsl games because i'm going to be so damn interested you never know katia's agenda to get rachel to watch the nwsl continues it's not even that i wouldn't it's like i can never find the goddamn game so it's more like i can't watch them because i physically can't watch them they're on Paramount Plus. Ah, I don't fuck. want to hear it. Okay, They're now I don't have an excuse. Paramount Plus. You have no Only because excuses. I steal your account. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. Um, this was a I weird think, one for us, but I think I know that was a little bit of a speed run at the end there, um, because we are crunched for time. But I think that covers everything we intended to cover. Um, yeah. Any last any last words? Let's pray that Arsenal gets their shit together, everyone. Please. I don't. Just just do it. Just for me. Because I'm the sufferer on this podcast, and Kat just lives her life and is happy. So I'm so not always me. happy. Sometimes I suffer. Your team won the treble last year. You can't say that you're not happy. Okay? Like, let me suffer, but, like, hope that I can stop suffering. My final notes is, um, unfortunately for you, both for my own self-preservation and in sister solidarity, I cannot ever root for Arsenal. Um, the funniest okay. interaction that I that... had when Rachel was at That's my house okay. is that 
my sister was shitting on Arsenal and Rachel was like, what? Why? Why do you hate me? And my sister was like, no, my shitty ex-boyfriend is an Arsenal fan. And I, and, and, I, and Rachel went, okay, fair enough. <laughs> what am I supposed to say? That's, that's fine. That valid. That's a legitimate reason. That's fine. So, it's less yeah. of a legitimate reason for you because I too am your friend, but it's fine. Well, I'm not a hater. I'm just like, I'm not going to root for them. You're not going to root for City. Like, no, I know. So it's fine. That's how this podcast can continue going because we somehow. Exactly. We anyway. somehow coexist. Um, Don't ask why. Anyway, on anyway. that note, we will wrap things up and we will um, talk to you. We're honestly not exactly sure when we will next talk to you because some games are this weekend, but not everybody plays this weekend. So I don't. We'll so it might we'll be in two weeks. We're going to have to take a. Yeah. And see. And see one more. So we may be back next week for like a short episode. Um, we'll maybe if in addition to the res- the game, this couple of games this weekend, if there's like any big news or something, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll do an episode. We'll, we'll make some but, different calls. And- um, we may not be back for two weeks since not everybody plays. So um, we'll leave it there. Okay. That's all for this week. We'll see you next week on Kicking Balls.